The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. Hello, this is Joel Engelberth with Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 26. 26. Um, it wasn't until I actually looked at my save files. I was curious. I was in my head. I remembered thinking, I, th- I think I started this podcast sometime back in May. And I looked and sure enough, the first podcast that I recorded was May 2nd. May 2nd. So next week will be essentially the one year anniversary, which makes sense. I've been I've been kind of shooting for an every other week situation and this is episode 26, so do the math, 52 weeks in a year, 52 months, 52 weeks in a year. Jeez, OP. Yeah. So I'm pretty much right at a year of of pinball podcasting and um boy oh boy, what a what a blast. I mean, this has been um quite a journey. Um <laughs> To go from, uh, you know, the first few episodes, I remember recording in the basement, but then hearing the heater and other things kick on, and then I started recording them in the van because I thought that would be quieter, kind of out in the garage. I know I interviewed my wife. I got my dad involved in one, recording that as we went. I know my brother got in court, recorded one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just been... It's just been a blast. I, I've really enjoyed this as an outlet. Really, really enjoyed this as an outlet. Um, something to do and talk. I mean, obviously back in May, you know, we we were in COVID, you know, really not a ton of social stuff. And so here I am sitting on my computer talking to myself, you know, on a microphone. But um really can't say enough to uh enough thank you to to the people that have emailed me or the people that on my stream um, you know, when I stream that say they enjoy the podcast or, or people that have mentioned the podcast on their own podcast or YouTube show. I mean, shout out to, to Travis Marv Loco. I mean, I was just listening to his podcast earlier tonight and he, um, mentioned my name there. And, and I know TPS pinball show Dennis and, and Zach have, have supported me throughout all this. And, um, and yeah, just great emails, great Facebook messages, great dialogue. I mean, this podcast has become exactly what I wanted it to be, which was just a, a chance to engage and interact with people in this hobby. And um, I've just really, I've really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so one year down and um, I'm I'm looking to do a lot more of it. And uh, it's interesting with, with podcasting, you know, I've, I told my wife like, you know, there are weeks, uh, when I first started this, I actually interviewed Jason Fowler. Uh, and I, what I mean interviewed, I actually just talked to him on the phone. Um, uh, and he just said, you know, I can tell you're passionate about this, but just make sure you're enjoying it. Make sure that the streaming and the podcasting and all that, if you're not enjoying it, then don't force it, you know? And, um, it's interesting, you know, hearing super awesome pinball show, they just kind of quit and one of their things was, I mean, I know they they the amount of hours that they must have put into that podcast with with how much production and everything. I mean, it it it's kind of work. I mean, I'm at a I'm at a point now where I podcast, I stream every Wednesday night, and I love I love doing the stream um, every Wednesday night. But then I, I've been very fortunate. Zach at flipping out pinball. Zach and Nicole have actually let me borrow a machine. They've, this is now the third machine they've let me borrow. And so every other Thursday now, I'm streaming for flipping out. Which So that's two nights a week that I'm kind of all in on pinball. 
And then I've been trying to do the podcast on the off week. So what I'm realizing and, and my wife is realizing as well, like two nights a week, I am kind of devoting a large, you know, two hour section to pinball, two to three hours. And um, as much as I'd love for her to get into the hobby, this is just not, not something she she entertains. So between raising two small children and um, I mean it's just, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot going on, but I can tell you, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy it. And I really, really appreciate the support and the feedback. And when I stream on Wednesdays and now Thursdays, the consistent people that show up and the subscribers that I have there, um, I don't know, there's too many to list and I really just can't thank you guys enough. So one year, here we go. So episode 26, um, I've done three interviews in a row again, and I just thought it was make sense to do a kind of a, a, a catch up on what's going on. Um, and boy, oh boy, just I didn't expect this show to become, you know, to be doing interviews, but to be 100% honest, I love doing the interviews. I love the the one-on-one discussion there the the banter back and forth. I've thoroughly enjoyed it and just looking at some of the people that I've interviewed um yeah, just absolutely loving it. Um so I I've had a few people reach out and and offer, you know, hey, if you want to interview me, I'm all for it and um yeah, I'm all I'm, I'm all for that. Anybody that's excited to talk pinball, um I I'd like to do more of that and um looking looking forward to doing more of that in the future. So, quick recap, um 3 weeks ago I interviewed Tom and Tom with Fox City's Pinball, and um, it was a really good discussion. We talked about some tournament play, but then we also really broke down his collection. And um, he's got an amazing collection. He's got a very large collection, too. Um, and that kind of transitioned into talking to George, Don't Panic Flip. And that that I had to actually split up into two episodes because George has gone through, in the last three years, he's gone through 30-something games. Um, he, you know, Tom has a large collection. He buys these games. He keeps these games. He still has these games. Um, George is, is definitely a play it. If it, you know, what, what is it about a game that, that keeps it in his collection longer or shorter? And he's just constantly flipping games. And, um, it was really interesting. I've gotten some really good feedback on that because some people agree with George on certain games and completely disagree with George on other games, uh, which is really, really interesting. Um, I know one recent email, um, somebody was actually talking about Pirates of Caribbean and, and they basically said, you know, they don't feel that George really gave it enough. Uh, they, he must have not have given enough attention because there, there's way more to do in that game than he was giving credit for. And and it was interesting. I mean, we had a good dialogue. I think it was on Facebook. But, um, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, everybody enjoys games differently. Like I said earlier, I was listening to Marvaloka. I was listening to Travis's, Travis Murray's, uh a podcast and um he he actually mentioned something that i i hadn't really thought about or i had i i like the way that he voiced it which he basically said you know i feel like most pinball people kind of have two trains of thought they either when they what what's most important to them it's either a the the light show and the music you know or maybe even the artwork so is it is it how pretty the game is or how good does it sound or b um, how, how does it shoot and what are the rules? And, um, and he, you know, openly admitted that he cares more about the shots and rules than he cares about the light show and the music. And it makes sense as a, as a competitive player, there are times when you watch people, you know, these competitive players, they have like their own headphones on and they're kind of like zoned out, you know, kind of listening to their own stuff, trying to focus on the shots and the rules and the modes. And, um, you know, of course the question here is, um, why not both, right? Um, 
I think of the, what is it? The hard and soft taco, you know, or I don't know, whatever that commercial, but why not both, you know? Um, and sure, in a perfect world, you would have that game. You would have the game that is beautiful, ridiculous light show, ridiculous sound package, amazing call-outs, amazing assets, you know, the, uh, an amazing theme. And then on well as that, like amazing code, amazing shots. Like, it would be amazing if we had that. And and the reality is I can't think of a game that, that truly is the full package um, out there on the market right now. Um, you know, it's every, every, every machine, there's a lot of really good games and there's a lot of games that there's always just that one little bit of, you know, there's one area that could be improved and maybe that's just us being picky, but, um, I'm kind of glad though. I mean, if there was one perfect game, I don't, I don't know if there would be a perfect game for everybody kind of thing. So, um, I don't know, listening to George talk about his games, it's really made me I don't know. It's really made me think. It's really made me think about my own collection. Because I've said before, everybody that's in pinball, you know, once you buy one, it's not, it's not, you don't buy one, you buy your first, you know, it, it grows. You, there's a, there's an addiction here. There's, there's something about collecting that's enjoyable. And and if you enjoy playing the games, you're going to want to play more games. And, and these games are so different that it's like, um, you want to experience them all. And, um, that's what I realized Early on in the hobby, I was like, how is it that there are people that are buying games and selling them so quickly? Why would you do that? And um, the reality is they're buying them because they want to experience them. They want to play them. And there's there's something totally different playing a game on location versus playing it at home. And that's what I realized George is doing. You know, George is buying most new games and he streams three days a week and he plays the heck out of them. And if it may be a month, it may be five months and then he sells them. And luckily this hobby, you can, you know, your return on investment is, is really good. You barely lose any money and you know, he just puts that into the next game and that's awesome. You know, good for him. I, I, I actually think that's a pretty awesome, uh, model. And, um, luckily, um, just because Zach and Nicole Minnie with flipping out pinball live so close to me, I've actually been, they've been super generous with kind of letting me stream and kind of enjoy, you know, these games. Uh, so they've let me borrow Stranger Things and then Avengers. And then now they've been letting me borrow um, Led Zeppelin just to stream on on not only my channel, but also their channel. Um, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And that's something where I think it would be an interesting concept that if somebody really wanted to get in the hobby... Um, you know, and if they could put together whatever, 55 to $6,000 us, just buy a Stern pro play it for a few months. And then when the next one comes out, sell it, you may lose, you know, two, $300, but then you can buy the next one. And if you really, you could play that game and just keep, you know, moving it forward there. I mean, sure. At the end of the day, you would lose money over the year, but it's like, if that's your hobby, if you just want to dive in and play the heck out of some games, like you could do that theoretically. Um, and, uh, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that if that's something you want to pursue. So, um, I don't know. It just really made me think, it's really made me think about my own collecting. Um, I know I'm in the process of finishing my basement and I realized the space that I have allocated, you know, kind of my finished finest final space that I would have allocated for my pinball machines. I'm realizing I can have five. Five is, I think, going to be the number until, you know, we're, we're trying to leave a lot of extra room down there for play area for the kids. And I, I highly doubt I'd be able to talk my wife into giving me, you know, another wall or another corner of the basement to, to expand that. But the reality is like five games sh- should be enough, right? I mean, like, 
I can do a lot with five games. But what I'm realizing is, you know, I Turtles is a dream theme for me. I thoroughly enjoy Turtles. TNA, I've had it. I sold it. I regretted selling it, and I bought it back. TNA is probably my favorite game. I absolutely love TNA. And then I just picked up uh, Deadpool, whatever, a month plus ago, and I am loving Deadpool. Like, I don't see Deadpool going anywhere. But it's it's an interesting feeling. Here I have three games that I love, but I also feel somewhat now like, uh-oh, you know, that's three of my five slots are full, you know, like, whoa, what do I do? You know, what if, what if the next game that comes out is, is another game that's just unbelievably good and something I have to have and I save up for and then boom, now I'm four out of five slots filled. And it's, and it's a, it's a funny feeling of like, instead of appreciating, like how lucky am I to already have three amazing games that I really can't fault, like, but also feel somewhat restricted. It's, it's a weird balance that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Um, so a few things, a few things that I've learned, um, really kind of in the last year, one rotating games is a lot of fun. I've enjoyed that a lot. You know, I enjoyed, uh, playing Stranger Things for a few months. I do miss Stranger Things. There was things about Stranger Things I really enjoyed, but do I feel like it's a pin that I must absolutely have in my collection? No, but there's, I really enjoyed Stranger Things. Then I got Avengers, which was a completely different game, and I enjoyed some completely different things about that game. I really enjoyed it and had a ton of fun playing it for a few months, and when that was gone, I missed it. I missed it a lot, and and absolutely, if I could have that back, I think I would enjoy it, but once again, is that a game that I must, absolutely must have in my collection? No. And now I have Led Zeppelin, and um, I I would like to get into a Led Zeppelin review, so I'll shortly talk about my overall opinion of Led Zeppelin. But it's pretty similar. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. But when it goes, will I miss it? Probably. But is it a game that I absolutely must have in my collection? No. And and I'm almost worried about that in a a sense where I feel like there's going to be a time where Zach and Nicole with flipping out, they, they let me borrow another game. And then two months later, Zach's like, all right, you know, um, time to get that back. And I feel like I'm going to have to have a hard conversation be like, I don't, I don't think I can let you have it back. <laughs> you know, like what do I owe you or can I trade? You know, is that a crazy thought? Would I trade? Is there any chance that a new game would come out that I would enjoy more than Turtles or TNA and Deadpool? I don't, I don't know, but it's a weird, it's a weird thought. It's a weird thought of, or, or maybe I'm just overthinking it but um rotating games in and out is a lot of fun so i i would highly encourage if you have other pinball people in the area that's something i i know COVID has kind of interrupted that but i i do have friends in the area that i think that's something that if i ever got to a point where let's say turtles or deadpool or even tna if it got stale but i didn't ever want to lose it I do have friends in the area that I think I've built a good enough friendship with that we could do a trade, like a temp trade. And I know George Don't Panic Flip has talked about that, where he's done temp trade trades with with friends in the area. And um, I I think that's awesome, and I would I would highly recommend that um, to anybody that owns pinball machines. Of maybe that's something they could pursue um, with people. So rotating games, awesome. Um, old versus new. Uh, some of the games that I had before, and what's sad here is my definition of old. Um, Almost every game that I had that was pre-LCD, so DMD games, so uh, NBA Fast Break, Metallica, um, what other, I've had Avatar, um, I can't even think of all of them now, I mean, older than that, Alphanumeric, where you have um, Taxi, I had an 8-Ball Deluxe, like, what I'm realizing is a lot of these older games 
typically have more problems. And and I'm not saying all LCD games, you know, are flawless. Like the Deadpool I got was routed and it has a lot of plays on it and there were there were definitely things wrong with it that I've had to fix. But um I definitely think it's a weird it's a weird thing because part of me would love to encourage new people in the hobby to buy you know, a game from the eighties or nineties, just because it's, you're, you're going to have to learn. You're probably going to have to learn how to fix some stuff on there. So it's really good. It's a really good tool to learn a lot of stuff about pinball. Um, and some of that stuff, especially board work and whatnot, you really don't have to worry about with, with modern day pins, but flipper rebuilding and, and replacing rubbers and, you know, cleaning and, and managing your play field. Like those are all things that you're going to always have to do. So, Part of me wants to encourage that. The other part of me, though, the the cost of pins right now is absurd, you know. And and some of these games, the cost these used games are so high that it's just one of those like, well, maybe it's just cheaper to buy it new than it is to buy one used at this point. Like, I don't know. It's it's a tough it's a tough time to be getting in this hobby financially. But for those people that are already in it, you can sell your games at a good price, but you're also going to pay a good price for new ones. Um, so that's why trading is a lot of fun. Um, but I've definitely seen that as, you know, a lot of the pins that I've had recently, I've realized how little work I've had to do on the newer games to keep them playing. That doesn't mean I'm not still doing stuff. What I'm actually doing is a lot of times like adding mods. Like I always have little stuff to add or tinker with on my machines because I'm modding them out, you know, adding different things, which is a lot of fun. Um, I like the size and the concept of a five pin collection. I've definitely realized that I have gone from only having one pin. And when you only have one pin, realizing how much or little you play it. Um, to two, you know, having variety, three, same thing. Um, so five, you know, I do think you can absolutely get to a point where when you have too many games that you realize you're, you know, Hey, I want to go play pinball, but let's say you go play for an hour and a half and maybe only get to play four games in that time. Well, that fifth game is going to go unplayed. Well, how do you, how do you manage like a 30 pin collection? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you do that without some just being ignored. Um, I don't really know. Um, but what I will say is having a larger collection, what is fun about it, there's pros and cons here, but it's, you know, personally, what I like is when you turn them all on, you can play one or two games of one. And if it's kicking your butt, you just, you're like the heck with this. You flip it off and you go to the next one. That's nice. Um, but yet when I stream, I only stream one pin. And what I've definitely found is it takes me like 30 minutes maybe to like truly start to find the shots on a game, even a game I've played over and over and over again. It's like every game's so different that um, a perfect example is let's say on a Wednesday night, I'm streaming Deadpool. So I stream Deadpool for three hours straight, two and a half hours straight. Well, the first half an hour, I'm bricking shots. And then all of a sudden I start to find them. Well, by the end of the night, like I'm feeling good. Like I'm hitting the shots that I want. Um, well, if the next day I'm streaming Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, the flippers are, are, are slightly higher the way the, the the tip of the flipper is pointed a little bit higher than Deadpool. Deadpool's flippers are dropped down a little bit so you can hit those side shots easier. It's like, so all of a sudden your timing's off and, and it's same thing. It's going to take me 30 to 40 minutes to like find and figure out those flippers. So what I've realized is I, I respect the heck out of tournament players who bounce from game to game to game to game and can somehow just magically find those shots. I, I don't know. To me, I, I can't adapt that quickly to a new pin. 
Um, so I like having a larger collection. I also like when friends and family come over, multiple people can be playing at the same time. That's nice because we can all be having a good time, but also I kind of miss where we, when we only had one pin, there was really only one option and it kind of forced more multiplayer games and just talking about it and doing other stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's, I'm enjoying where I'm at. I'm enjoying owning three games and I'm enjoying kind of swapping out the fourth, um, so I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed and fortunate to, to have the collection that I have. So I don't, that's kind of it, but that's really changed and kind of grown over the last year, which has been a lot of fun. Um, so let's do a quick review here on Led Zeppelin. And I've had people ask this question. It's funny. I had to actually look back at my last few podcasts. Cause I was like, I know I've talked a little bit about this with George. I talked a little bit about it with Tom, but I went all the way to my back, my last solo podcast, just cause I was curious if I had even talked about Led Zeppelin and no, I talked a little bit about Deadpool, but, um, my review of Led Zeppelin. So I, uh, I've had a lot of people that hop on the Twitch, you know, I'm streaming on Twitch. That's so just another pinball stream. And people will be like, so what are your thoughts of this game? That's all the right in chat. And then I usually go into a long drawn out answer. So let me let me do that for you. Um, the reality is when when Zach and I were talking about potentially streaming on the Flipping Out channel, we got to a point. He's like, "All right, let's do it. Um, what game do you want to stream?" And uh, at the time, he was like, "This is what I have in stock. I have a Turtles Premium. Well, I already have a Turtles Pro. And my worry is if I got a Turtles Premium, I would not want to let him have that pack." Um, then I have an Avengers premium, which I just given back. I just sold um, the Avengers Pro. So premium, I was like, well, that could be cool because I'd like to see the differences. But the reality is I've already played the heck out of Avengers. I didn't want to go down that route. He had a Stranger Things Pro. I'd already played it. Um, and I forget what else he had, but there was a reason it didn't make sense. So, But he had Led Zeppelin Pro. And to be honest, when Led Zeppelin Pro, when that came out and I watched the reveal streams, I just really didn't care. Like... My dad says all the time, it didn't blow my skirt up. That was his, that's his saying for like, it just didn't, it didn't really interest me. I mean, Led Zeppelin, I respect him as a band, but it's not a band that I love. And when I watched it, you know, I felt like all Tim or Ray Day or any of the people when they, when they're interviewed about the game early on, all they talked about was the code and the multipliers and this concept. And I was like, I don't really care about code. I care more about moments. One thing I was excited about was the expression light kit um, but the pro didn't have that. Um, so the game kind of seemed kind of bare in the middle. I just, I wasn't excited about Led Zeppelin, but I was like, you know what? Um, we're going to have, you know, another pinball industry awards and I'm going to need to vote. So I would like to experience this game. So I was like, all right, let's give it a go. So I get Led Zeppelin and I will say that game has far, far exceeded my expectations. Um, and it's really opened my eyes to once again, I truly think every pinball machine can be fun. Like you can have fun with a pinball machine. If you want to have fun, if you want to dive into the code, if you want to experience different parts of it, different moments, like every game's different. Every game that I've played within the last year, Turtles and Deadpool and Metallica and Avengers and Stranger Things and Led Zeppelin all are so very different. Like their goals and the pacing and the what what you focus on and the way you attack, incredibly different. And just lean into that and have a good time. And what I will tell you is I like playing games that have moments and feel like you're accomplishing things. Led Zeppelin isn't that. Led Zeppelin, though, is an amazing game at just sucking you in and letting you rock out to music and just hitting the flashing shots. 
And that sounds really boring, but the reality is I, I love how focused it is. Like it is so clear what you need to do. And every song has different song shots, like for the and essentially mode shots for that song. And it's, you know, every song, it's a different color, but it's like, all right, on this song, I'm hitting the yellow shots. And as the song changes, you know, throughout the verse to the chorus, to the guitar solo, the shots are changing. It notifies you when they're about to change. So this game, it's like, you know, when I play Deadpool, I know, all right, I'm starting Sabretooth. So I either need to hit the spinner up the middle or the orbits. And that entire mode, that's all I care about are those two, those shots. That's it. Not this. This is like, okay, right now I need to hit this shot, but pay attention because the song's about to change. And okay, now I need to hit this shot. So let me hit this shot for a while. Oh, the song's changing. Let me hit this shot. So there's this fast paced kind of rush of like, stay on top of it, stay in control because the song's changing. Oh, oh, you know, here it comes. Here comes the guitar solo. I need to make sure I'm, I have some control here so I can start ripping that center ramp with the left flipper. And I almost feel more rushed playing this game than any other game because I'd never want to trap up because the song is going and you want to earn those shots and you want to earn those records and you can't wait too long for that to happen. And it's it's just a really weird feeling. I've never felt that type of rushed feeling like I do in this game. And um, what, what I love, it's a small detail, but when you drain the ball in Led Zeppelin, the song keeps playing. So instead of taking a breath, you know, when I stream any other game, if I drain, that's an awesome opportunity to take, you know, a minute or two or three to read chat, chat it up about something, you know, engage the audience essentially. But it's like with this, it's like the song's going and I I haven't finished the song yet. So I like I am getting right back into this. And um, it does a really, really good job with that. Really, really good job with that. And um, what I will say is the Pro does not come with the Expression Lighting Kit. But Zach was very generous to send me one when he got one in stock. And so I installed it. Had a little hiccup. The kit itself came with two of the, the... The left side and the right side are different. You know, the actual hardware is different. Came with two of the left side. So I could only install half. So I actually have a stream with only half the Expression Lighting Kit installed. And then I got the other side. So I got both sides installed. And boy, is that a game changer. The light show on that is fantastic. And it only, once you have the art blades and the light show, it really just sucks you in. Like you are in that song. You just want to crank it up and you just want to hit the shots. That's all you want to do. And I love it. There, That's like the core of the game. But yet there is so much more. And I have to give... You know, huge respects. Raymond Davidson, he he he's joined multiple ones of my streams and and coached me and taught me different things and we talked through different things. I've had a I've had an absolute blast doing that. And um there is so much more depth to that code. So you can play the game and just hit the shots and have a great time. But if you really want to dive in, there's these tour modes and understanding how to qualify those and pr- what that gives you with multi balls and bringing that in. Incredibly useful. But then the combo system, and that's the thing. It's funny, when I first heard about this game, that's all Raymond and Tim talked about was these combo multipliers. And it's like, I don't care. I don't care about score. I don't care. But what I will tell you is once you actually understand what they're doing, it becomes a blast. It becomes an absolute, like, it becomes super fun setting that up and realizing, like, holy cow, if I hit a few more shots, that'll build that combo even more. And then when I actually get into a multi ball or some other situation where it makes sense to use your Icarus, um, 
uh, like multiplier, you can start it and then you see what your multiplier is. And all of a sudden, you know, if it's two times, it's like, whatever, just hit the shots. But if you build that up and you're at like seven times, eight times, it's like, holy cow, I need to hit my shots right now because these shots just went from whatever, 2 million a pop to like 20 to 30 million a pop, which is high for me. There's, there are other people like, um, Laserlos, who's, he's had like a hundred time multiplier. So he's, he's hitting like billion point shot. It's stupid, but it's, it's really cool though. It's a really cool concept that if, if you're willing to dive in to like understand what you're doing, you can do some amazingly cool things. But the one thing that I absolutely love about this game is something that I'm pretty confident almost every other owner hates. And that is the upper flipper shot. The upper flipper shot, first off, the flipper is way up at the top of the game. Way higher than every other third flipper game I've played. And um, it's way up there. And to feed that flipper, you're pretty much going to have to hit the left orbit. And that left orbit is going to zip that ball around. Well, I I do not know what is going on. I do not understand it, but I'm not complaining. But for whatever reason, I can time it well. When that ball whips around that left orbit, for whatever reason, I know the time to hit that right flipper. And what it does on mine with the pro, I don't have the ramp. It's just this Herman stand-up target. But I just hit it. I mean, I hit it consistently, you know, a decent amount. It's it's not every time, but I would say, I don't know, 25% of the time. Like, it's pretty consistent. I hit it when I'm shooting for it. I hit it almost every single time, even out of the corner of my eye. When I see that ball is up there, if I'm in a multi-ball... I just like, oh, let me let me take a shot. Boom. I mean, I go for it every chance I get, and I hit it a lot. I don't know why. Um, but what's funny is, like, Raymond admits it is a hard shot. Like, he's one of the main coders of the game. Um, and they have made that shot incredibly valuable. Like, what it does for you, it adds time to your multiplier. Um, so if you have, like, you know, if you have this multiplier going... Normally, I think default is 15 seconds. Well, if you hit that, it adds, I think it adds like five seconds or 10 seconds. I don't know. But every single time you hit it, it adds it more and more and more. And then on top of that, it adds super modes, which give you a bunch of points. And then if you happen to hit that while your 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 multiplier is going, it just resets it. So me being able to hit it is super valuable. The problem is I'm just not capitalizing on it. So I have loved, I found so much joy out of having Raymond or Travis Murray or anybody else like high-end player that's watched my stream because they see me hit it and it like annoys them because if they could do it, they could just blow up their scores. But for whatever reason, I can do it and I don't know why I can do it, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, So I don't know. For whatever reason, I, I find pure joy in being able to hit that that upper shot as much as I can. In one game, I hit it 11 times. And I know there's like a high score table for that. And um, I think the default is like two. So I don't know. It just sounds like I'm being like bragging. But it's for whatever reason, that's my shot. And I love that Raymond, he's complimented me on it. And I have a clip of it. And Travis, it pisses him off. I send him clips almost every single time I stream. I love it. I love that shot. So... Um, so overall, Led Zeppelin, it is a fun game. I am enjoying that game. What I will say is if you enjoy fast games, if you enjoy flow, if you enjoy Led Zeppelin at all, I think you would enjoy this game. If you can't stand Led Zeppelin, this game, I don't think you can really enjoy or play this game with the sound off. And that's just because the songs, 
change based on the music. Like you have to hear the music. You need to hear those cues to understand when the shots are going to change. So if Led Zeppelin to you is like nails on a chalkboard, you're probably not going to like this game. But if you enjoy Led Zeppelin or you happen to love Led Zeppelin like Jeff Teolis, you this game you may really enjoy this game. Um so I don't know. I just think it um the first I don't know, like the unveiling of it, some people got really hung up on the artwork. To be honest, it's a fun game. Like I think it's a pretty game. The expression lighting kit adds so much to the game to the point where I really, really hope they include that. Like I hope expression lighting is a thing just in all stern games moving forward. I know the hot rails on Guns N' Roses, I would assume Eric will have those in every game that he has moving forward. Now, whether or not Pat Lawler or any of the other JGP designers will include that in theirs, I don't know. But to me... Expression lighting is is amazing, and I hope it's involved and included in every other Stern game moving forward. Um, so I don't know. I think that's a decent conversation about Led Zeppelin. Um, I would I would say it, it is a great game to just hop on and have a good time. Um, and that was something Travis said. You know, if, if the point of a pinball machine to you is you want to have just have an art piece, something that's fun, and you can go and flip around on it for 10, 15 minutes. Um, Maybe there's games that can give you a, a better experience in 10 minutes, but but I will say, like, my dad, who doesn't care at all about code, has had a lot of fun on Led Zeppelin because he knows all the songs, and it's very clear at any time what he's supposed to shoot, and it's coded really well, and it's and it forces you to work your way around the play field because the shots are changing all the time, so you're not just drilling one side the whole time or anything like that. Like, it's, it is a very good game. I, I am thoroughly... Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying Led Zeppelin, and I, I look forward to streaming it um, every time I every time I can. So, um, yeah, that would be my kind of my re- my review on Led Zeppelin. Um, so what else? Um, back to the idea of my collection, and um, one of the things in my head was like, all right, if I already have, if I can have five pins, and I already have three, you know, these last two like are tough and especially if i want to keep one of those pins in a position where it's not a keeper but it's like a rotating kind of pin uh what what makes sense for this fourth pin and um one thing i've really really thought about is uh, a p3 a p3 multimorphic game and and there's multiple reasons for that there's multiple reasons for it and there's multiple reasons against it what i will say is i've talk to multiple p3 owners that love it love that machine um i know kevin kevin manning at buffalo penny pinball he has one and you can tell that guy loves it the twitch integration now the fact that you could be playing a game and your twitch chat mess with you is amazing the, the fact that you can play other people across the internet amazing and then the fact that it's like all right if i only have four games but now all of a sudden one of those slots could actually be Instead of one game, it could be four games, and there's more games coming out consistently. I love that. I love that versatility there. Um, I watched, you know, some of the wizard mode of Heist looks really, really a lot of fun. Um, So I like the versatility, but one thing I really like about it is I remember I talked to Jason Fowler. Jason Fowler had one, and he ended up selling it. But But I asked him, I just said, what was, like, your friends and family view of it? And he said they loved it. They, like, that game... You know, a lot of my nieces and nephews are are below 13. So just, I feel like that's a, that would be an amazing teaching tool for pinball. Just because it's, it's easy to see what you need to hit. It's easy to see what you need to do. 
um and maybe that's just a pipe dream but like part of me really thinks that game i may have better a better chance of getting my friends and family to enjoy pinball on that game than i would you know my other games um i will say i had friends and family over tna still gets played the most um but deadpool got played a bunch and i think i think the reason deadpool got played a bunch is because by default when you hit the start button the battle's already lit all you have to do is hit the scoop and the scoop's kind of in the middle. Like it's in a shot that people can hit. And as soon as you hit that scoop, then you, then it stops and you have to pick a character. And so people realize like, okay, I'm going to pick juggernaut. And then all of a sudden you have shots and you feel like you're doing something. You feel like you're accomplishing something. You're fighting juggernaut. So people want that feeling. They're like, I want to defeat somebody. I want, I want to do this battle. So it's, it's, it, it kind of holds your hand or it makes, it's very clear. It's a very clear objective without having, you know, me have to tell them what to do. Um, Turtles involves a little bit of hand-holding unless they happen to pick, you know, if they happen to pick Raphael, all they have to do is hit under the van one time and then they're in a mode. Um, otherwise, I, I usually have them pick Donatello because I just say, shoot that right ramp, hit that right ramp one time and then they're in a multi-ball. Um, but I think, like, TNA does a great job of the simplicity and, and core, like coordinating or showing you exactly what you need to hit. And I think Deadpool is doing a good way, but but a P3, a multimorphic system, because of that screen, it really is just telling you exactly like it's very visual and conveying what you need to do. So that's all the pros of the P3. P3. The cons of it are, I've to be honest, I just I've watched a lot of streams and and I've never been like captivated by them. Um, I don't know. Heist is maybe the the big the closest I've been, just because so many of the modes are so different. Um, but some of the other games, it's just like maybe it's because the art isn't amazing. It's good, but it's not amazing. Maybe it's because the sound package is all right. It's not amazing. It's just like it just maybe the way it's streamed. You know, it just doesn't. It's not pulling me in like the sound package does in some some of these modern games, kind of like how the, some of the video assets, you know, like when you watch Hobbit stream, like the sounds and the vid, visuals are amazing. Um, side note there, what I do think is funny is the more and more that I play, the more and more I realize I actually look at the LCD very little. So on the list of importance in my mind, like animations or what's on the screen is not that important to me anymore. I still think Hobbit, like those animations are absurdly good. And I think there are moments, like, I think that's one thing that's important. You know, Turtles does it too. When you hit a good shot, the ball stops and it forces you to watch the display. Deadpool, when you knock out somebody, it holds the ball in the scoop. It forces you to watch the display and you see the knockout punch. So you have these moments of, in that moment, I want that moment to be important. But like, Avengers really didn't have any visual moments on the display that I really cared about. Um, Led Zeppelin, you know, the only time the ball stops is when it hits one of the scoops. And normally that's like tour multi-ball begins and you see a plane take off. But besides that, all the other graphics that are going on on the display, I just, the reality is if I'm playing by myself, I'm not really looking at them. And a lot of times when I'm playing with other people, I'm watching their ball. I'm not really watching the display. So, um, a P3 though, being that the majority of the display is on the play field, you actually get to enjoy those graphics while watching the ball. And I, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, but I just, I'm, I'm waiting for like, I want P3 to get like a really good theme. And I know there's a lot of people that say that, 
But if they can get one game, one license or something where just the music or the callouts or the art is just absurd, that may be enough to get me to lock in. And, and I think that day is coming. And the reason I say that is Scott's an easy. I've built a great rapport with Scott. I really enjoy Scott as a person. I just respect the heck out of him as a creator and just what he makes. But he has mentioned on multiple podcasts that he is working on the music for the next uh, P3 module. So right there, stamp of approval, boom. If Scott Denise is doing the music, that that's going to be sick. Like that music is going to be amazing. The music in TNA is one of the things that, that locks people in, non-pinball people, because it gets your head thumping. Rick and Morty, the music in Rick and Morty, absurdly good. Once again, should have won Best pick, best Music last year in the Twippy and the PA, Pinball Industry Awards. But hey, I only have one vote in each, and that's where it went. Um, so that alone like, is huge to me. So now, if... Like, I think the heist graphics are way better than um, Lexi Lightspeed and some of the other stuff. But now if they can get a killer artist to just design some amazing graphics and, and bring in that the call-outs and the end. I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm looking ahead and I think there's a chance that the next, you know, the next, if Scott Denise is involved, that next P3 module might be the thing that pushes me over the edge. And what excites me about that is if that does push me over the edge, I know I'm in the system and now I all the other modules are there. All the other modules are there and I can pick all of them up. You know, it's it's a lot easier in my... Well, I just punched the mic. Hopefully that didn't sound weird. Um, it's a lot easier for me to justify justify spending, what is it, two grand, 2,500 bucks on heist. It's a lot easier for me to justify doing that than it is for me to spend 10 grand on heist. Like, because it's only one module. So maybe, I mean, that's absurd. It's absurd the amount of money in this, but it's like, it's a lot easier for me if, if Scott Denisi makes this amazing module with a great theme and blah, 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 great art. Boom. Okay, that's ridiculous. I'm paying, you know, literally five figures for one game that blows my mind. But now all of a sudden, all the other games are super cheap not super cheap. $2,000 is not super cheap, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Like, I just think that's something that in the future, a P3 might be something I pursue. Um, so here's my question. This is my question. I'm throwing this out here. If anybody, if anybody has any experience with a P3, feel free to email me just another pinball gmail.com, whether that's playing it at a show, playing at a friend's house. Um, there is one guy, there is one guy here near me. I think he's within an hour and he's already, he's invited me over to his place. It just, now it just comes down to finding time that I can go over and do that. But he has one and I, and I would love to play one because I know the flippers feel different. I know it feels different. Part of me is hesitant to play one because I don't want to walk away there and go, I got to get it. I got to get it right now. Um, but I, if, if anybody listening to this has experience, feel free to email me, justanotherpinball at gmail.com. And I would love to hear what your experience is. My second kind of call to action, though, is if anybody's listening is a P3 owner and you would be interested in being on the podcast, email me because I would love. And, and if you're not, that's fine. Maybe we can just have a phone conversation and I just include what you shared, you know, not necessarily audio bits, but I just share what I hear. That's totally fine, too. I just want to hear if you're currently a P3 owner why you know what is it why 
what justified you buying it initially and then why is it still in your collection or what what keeps it in your collection kind of thing so i'm just super intrigued by it i'm super intrigued by the concept and the premise and um and I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, I know I came from the arcade side and I really got into MAME, you know, and building arcade cabinets. And I like the versatility of having one thing that can do a lot of things. Um, I like that a lot. But virtual cabinet, like a virtual pinball machine, I really struggle with that. I The concept of it, unless it has that tangible feedback, it just doesn't feel right. And right now, to be honest, if I was going to pursue it, I'd probably use my VR headset and pursue pursue like a virtual, like an actual virtual virtual cabinet, um, something like that. I don't know. It's just that's a project I've thought about taking on. But the P3, I'm just I'm super I'm just super curious about it. Um, I actually reached out to there was a guy that sold one uh, like last week on on Pinside, and I saw that I, he put it up and it sold really fast. Um, and I reached out to him and I just asked him why did he sell it. And, uh, basically he said he enjoyed the games. He really enjoyed heist. He enjoyed the other games he had. He just realized he was playing his other games more and one had to go and that's fine. That's totally, I mean, I think that's a legit excuse. So, oh, that's it for P3. So to kind of wrap this up, what let's kind of do, sorry about my squeaky chair. I know you guys hear that in the background, but, um, let's just go through some, some news here real quick. So, um, Haggis just released Fathom. And that came out the other day. So I'm recording this Tuesday night. It's 11.43 at night. Um, I know they only allowed... They're going to sell 250 of the Mermaid Edition. When you look at the cost breakdown between the Classic and the Mermaid, I feel like you have to... I think Zach and Dennis talked about that. The difference was like $1,600. I feel like you kind of have to go for the big one because they add a lot. I mean, it's code, it's it's chrome, this, that, different printing, diff- two displays, all RGB lights. Like there's so many different things that it adds to justify that extra $1,600. So I feel like you kind of have to go for the Mermaid Edition. And with that said, there's only 250. I'm very curious. I'm really curious if that, sell- if that sells out. Um, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know if 250 is a lofty goal or if that'll be sold out by the end of the week. I don't know, um, but I hope it does. And what excites me is, I mean, I think that's really cool that they are going to remake some of those classic games because um, Dennis was talking about the Class 81 and I actually owned an 8-Ball Deluxe for a while and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed 8-Ball Deluxe. I liked having it a lot. Um, It was a great change of pace in my collection. And, um, you know, if there's somebody, there's a lot of people that that have a lot of fond, fond memories of that. And if you have the ability to buy brand new all new components with that crazy awesome play field print where it doesn't dimple or anything because of the way it's put together. Like now with the ability to potentially have a version two of the code to have more longevity, I think it's awesome. Like I'm really curious. I know they had mentioned it, you know, CGC obviously made Medieval Madness and Monster Bash and Attack from Mars, but they didn't do anything to the code. They didn't add anything to the code. Next rumored game is is Cactus Canyon, so that that code was really never finished. So, so is this is this going to be a game where they actually give you know a new code version? I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's always tempted me the the Bride of Pimpot 2.0 that Dutch Pinball made. Scott Denise was a big part of that. Like I like that concept. You have one game, but you can actually play it in multiple different ways, multiple different versions. So I've got nothing but 
you know, a big thumbs up to give to Haggis. I, I hope, I, I think it's awesome. They're making Celts and I hope the production of Fathom goes all, goes perfectly because the fact that they said this is the first of five games they're going to remake, I think is really, really cool. Really, really neat. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, alien pinball alien. I saw, I've watched, there's two YouTube videos out there of a guy that, um, just got his, his new alien pinball machine and he was comparing it to the original pinball machine. And, I, that's awesome. That's awesome that those are coming out. Um, that, that is a really cool game. I've never played one. Um, I see they've mixed up some stuff. Uh, one thing that really surprised me was when he lift up the play field, how many boards on the bottom, like everything on that bottom is a custom board, which is neat because it simplifies things, but it's also kind of scary because if one of those goes bad, you know, those aren't easily replaced, uh, unless you buy it straight from, I think it's pinball brothers who's making them. Um, I was also a little surprised with Kilts. I saw on Dr. John, he he's posted pictures like Kilts looks beefy. That underside of the play field, what all they've added. And I mean, that that game looks beefy, like well built. So I applaud that. I think that's really cool. So Alien, that's pretty neat that that's coming out. Um, there's plenty of people that are making fun of Deep Root. I just, I just wish them the best of luck. I just would love, I would love it. Um, what's Zach thing? I'm, not eating crow. I'm just sucking crow toe. What a stupid comment, but hilarious. I love it. Um, I would love for Deep Root to succeed in some capacity. Um, I would just, I don't know how, if that's going to happen or not, but I just, uh, I hope, I hope in the next few months a game comes out and I hope it's good. You know, I just, I want there to be more pinball. I know financially I am not, I don't have any money in this situation. I'm just sitting from the sidelines. Um, but I just, you know, I'd love to think positively. Um, and I would hope that that turns out all right. Um, CGC, CGC, we're all just kind of sitting here waiting. We're all just sitting here waiting. I think we're all, at least the big rumor is Cactus Canyon, but we just haven't heard anything. We have not heard anything in quite a long time. And, um, I do know they make a great product. So when it comes out, uh, if it is Cactus Canyon, it, it will sell and it will sell very well. And I have no doubt that it'll have a killer topper it's going to have a probably an all new light show they're probably going to add to the code like i i have i would put money on the fact that it will be great it will look cool and it will sell well we're just all waiting we're all just waiting um american pinball been a ton of talk a ton of new hires a ton of new people uh hot wheels i know mixed reviews out there i got you know friends back in jordan that absolutely love that game George, don't panic flip, got one. He's still learning it. He said it's good. It's okay. Like, it's not, he doesn't love it nearly as much as Beckham Jordan. But um, it's it's a good game. And I think they're well-built. A lot of people say that American Pitbull makes really good games. Um, like, well-built games. So, I think they're talking about game number four. It should be coming out, I think they said, by the end of the year. So, kind of just waiting on that. Um Jer- Jersey Jack, they're killing it with, with Guns N' Roses. Just putting them out putting them out putting them out um the question is are they going to reveal another game by the end of the year should they reveal another game by the end of the year with as much production as they need to do on on um on um holy cow guns and roses i don't know why i couldn't think of that i don't know um that brings us to stern stern it was march of last year i think that they announced turtles um well we we've got nothing we 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 are waiting it's almost the end of april but I think it's Kaneda who has really been the forefront of the rumor that the next game is Mandalorian. 
And I will tell you, um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Star Wars, the, the, the current Star Wars pinball machine out there is definitely a game I would love to have just because anytime I play it on, on location, it kicks my butt. So the, the chance of having it in my house where I could play it over and over and over again and really learn the rules, the rules. I know there's just, there are some people that absolutely love that game and I would just love to give it a fair shot. Um, but it's not a game just due to the toys or lack of toys that just really ropes me in. It would just, it would, but it would absolutely be a game that I'd be willing to like trade somebody for, Hey, let's trade for three months. Sure. Take, what do you want? Turtles, Deadpool. I don't care. Give me a, give me a star Wars. Let me, you know, dive into this. Um, so I love the star Wars universe. My wife and I thoroughly enjoyed Mandalorian. We liked the cinematography. We liked the way we looked. We liked the storyline. We love the music. Like the music was great. So in my mind, if they can get visual assets, if they can get the music, um, that would be amazing. I mean, every single episode of Mandalorian was somewhat standalone. So if you're going to do some sort of mode based thing, it's like, all right, this mode, boom, here's the ship landing on this planet and let's go through that mode. And they have, they have, you know, clear video straight from that. I mean, it's, you could code wise really break down different parts of that, that world easily. Um, Brian Eddy, I'm a big fan of Brian Eddy. I, I realized I have thoroughly enjoyed every game he's made. I loved Shadow. I really enjoyed Stranger Things. So if this is a chance, okay, this is his second pin back. He's got, he's got his, you know, he's ready to go again. Like, let's see some cool toys and mechs. The rumor is it's not a fan layout. Um, so if this is more like Shadow than it is, a, a, a you know, a lot of people say, um, Attack from Mars is Stranger Things and vice versa. It's the same layout. Well, if this is going to be something unique, kind of like Shadow, I'm all for it. Give me something cool. Give me cool mechs. Um, you know, to be like, to go back to Deadpool, the, the freaking shot that left there, sorry, the right shot that kicks it around and then up the left ramp, that katana lock shot, what a unique shot. And I will tell you, it, it legit doesn't get old. Like it is such a fun shot to hit. And so if you give me some cool shots like that, some cool mechs that do some cool stuff, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see if there's any chance, like if the expression lighting kit is a standard, give me that light show Give me all like that would be amazing. So I don't. I'm looking forward to if Mandalorian is real. I'm looking forward to it. I I truly am looking forward to it. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, that would be a Craig Bobby line there. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, I think that covers about everything. If I if I've missed a manufacturer, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, the, my last you know few things. I I feel like I don't know if this is the correct terminology, but I am. The stream actually has two companies that have that have helped me. Um, Pinmonk, um, Pinmonk is awesome. Pinmonk makes some amazing stuff. The flipper fan kits, the LED, uh, the 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 films that you can put under different LEDs to change the color. He's got some amazing mods. Awesome guy to work with. Um, check him out, Pinmonk.com. And then Doug at Laser Light or at Speaker Light Kits, another awesome guy to work with. I have Speaker Light Kits in both of the Sterns that I have. Um, highly recommend them. Reach out to that. I have to thank Jeff at, at This Week in Pinball. He's he's supported a lot of creators out there. Um, check him out, Pinball Promoters Database. If you haven't, feel free to give me a, a review on that. But um, overall, I mean, I have to say thank you for to the TPN community. I've loved being a part of that. I have to say thank you to Zach and Dennis who kind of invited me into that. Um, so a lot of good people. I 
I've had some awesome interviews recently, you know, Tom, George, Scott, Denise, Rede, Travis, I've talked to Craig Bobby on one of his things. Like, I love this community. I love being a part of it. And that's all any, any listener, please, if you, if you enjoy the content as being created, I do not think you realize how much the creators enjoy the feedback. So whether it's my podcast or my stream or somebody else, shoot them an email, shoot them a Facebook message, or just say, Hey, and chat, because I, you don't, I don't think you guys truly understand, you know, when I'm streaming on Twitch and somebody says, Hey, enjoyed your podcast this week. And even if that's all they say, like that's, it just, that's awesome because otherwise it's just us talking to ourselves into a microphone. Um, and, um, so yes, thank you for the support over the last year. I, I look forward to continuing to do this and, um, feel free to check me out every Wednesday night on Twitch, just another pinball stream, 10, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then uh, flipping out every other week, uh, same time, 10 Eastern Standard Time. So looking at my notes, I think that's all I've got. And um, if there's anything I can do for you, email me at justanotherpinball@gmail.com, and uh, would love to you know carry on some dialogue there. And thank you once again for all the support over the last year, and thanks for listening to the podcast. Have a great rest of the week. Say hey on stream. Otherwise, you'll hear from me again real soon. Thanks, guys.